This is the J.P. Maroney Audio Vault. So how's it going? Well, it's going well, man. Appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you taking the call. You got uh, you had some cool cool folks on your show. I went and listened to several episodes. Oh, you did? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you know, I love, I, um, love podcasts. I like to consume them. And- I started it in August of last year, but I didn't do anything with it until like November. And then November, December, January, February. So about three, four months, we went from like 32 download plays a day to now over 6,400 daily downloads. So it's growing. Must be, must be doing what something you, right. What would you attribute? I know this is you're supposed to be interviewing me, but I'm curious. What would you attribute your listener growth to? Consistency. Since I started doing it, I, I try to do as many as I can during the week. Um, that would be number one. Uh, number two would be, um, you know, I went from communicating just by myself to bringing on guests that I find very interesting and I want to ask questions about. And that usually, that usually makes the conversation a little bit better. And the other thing is that I don't do any scripts. Nothing is pre-planned. It's just off the top of the head. I like to keep it conversational. Um, those are, those are my three facets, but I think the most important is really the consistency is, I mean, if you can post a new episode every day, you'll have phenomenal growth. Very cool. Yeah. And since you've already got a lot of content, all you got to do is repurpose it. Yeah. Yeah. We're repurposing that. And then I also have, um, I have about 12 interviews for, I don't know if I told you about this. We've got a show we're launching in the second quarter called the flop factor, how to fail your way to success. Mm-hmm. And I want to like have that. you on that show. Yeah, I want to have you on that show. And and we're, we're I mean, I'm getting NFL athletes, former NFL athletes, celebrities, CEOs of big companies. A lot of people are wanting to come on the show. So it's I'm I'm excited. I think it's gonna, you know, everybody that's created any success has gone through their share of failures, obviously, uh-huh. and um, and and they love to share that because they want to hopefully give back a little value. And and so it's. And then everybody either is going through something or has a friend who's going through something. And so I, I think the show's got going to have legs. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to publish a book called The Flop Factor as well, and and doing a bunch of stuff around that. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'd love to love to be part of it, and I and I look forward to hearing more about it. Um, yeah. Are you? Is it going to be like a podcast show, or is it a new YouTube series, or what are you looking to do with it? Everything. So we shoot everything in video first. Um, so like right here, I'm shooting with you in video. We have two stationary cameras and my full-time videographer has a handheld camera on a gimbal as well. And so we're capturing everything and then we're just amping this up over the last two months. So, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've created, I have over 50 info products and stuff from the past days, but in 2013, when I launched Harbor City Capital, um, I really kind of stepped away from the info marketing stuff. And now we're going back to that, but we're leveraging it to grow our, our businesses. And um, I just acquired a show this morning. We got a deal done. I'm buying somebody else's podcast that they just barely started, but they had everything set up and they had the brand I wanted. Um, so we're going to be actually, it's, it's one in the investment space, uh, which is my, my, my space. Um, it's called the Deal Flow Show. So um, it's going to, yeah, the Deal Flow Show, and it's all about you know um, bringing in guys, everything from you know retail investors, large high net worth, but really institutional family offices, hedge fund managers. 
private equity, interviewing them, pension fund managers, talking to them about what they're looking for, et cetera, and then also bringing on people who are raising money from their first seed round to, you know, experienced entrepreneurs that might be on their, you know, CDF round or whatever. But, um, and, and just talking about what people are looking for, what they're doing, that kind of thing. So it's, I'm really excited about that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So how, how did you get into, what was the first thing that, that leveled you in to become an entrepreneur? Was it starting your own business? Did you work underneath somebody? What was your first product? Yeah, I, I used to drive around in high school. I drove around Tyler, Texas, my hometown, looking at buildings, wondering which of them would be big enough to house my entrepreneurial empire. And... Um, I, you know, I don't come from a family with money or anything. My dad and my granddad were both ministers. Um, my, my family, you know, I spent my childhood traveling the United States in a 32-foot motorhome, and uh, I went to like 13 high schools in 12 years and things like that. It was our 13 schools, you know. So we moved around a lot, and um, so finally, my last two years of high school were in Tyler, Texas. I lived with my grandparents. I finally settled down a little bit in one place and I caught the entrepreneurial bug. My aunt, my uncle was an entrepreneur, built a construction business, but other than that, I really wasn't around it, but um, I caught that bug and I started my first company at 19. It was a Christian t-shirt company. Mm -hmm. I came up with this t-shirt design. It said, Christianity is cool when you consider the alternative. And the word cool had snow on it. The word alternative had flames. It was, I, anyway, it comes from that kind of morbid background of, of church that I was in in those days. But, um, but, you know, people liked it. And I started selling it to church youth groups. And it kind of expanded from there. And I came up with a hundred, like a dozen other designs. And um, I ended up going to Houston and met with some people. I was trying to find somebody to print my work. And uh, I met with these two ladies that owned a t-shirt business down there. They did MTV. Back then, Clint Black was touring. This was back in the uh, 90s. And um, so early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And so anyway, they did a lot of big superstars and stuff like that. Big volume, big warehouse thing. And so I was just mesmerized. And they loved my designs. And they said, hey, you need money. We have capital and we have people. Um, how about we become your partners? And so they bought in 50% of the business and they provided wow. the capital and they had great designers. They took all, I had, I'm a decent graphics guy, but they had t-shirt designers and man, they, they created some wicked cool designs. And, and, um, so we, that was the launch of my first real entrepreneurial venture. So what are you doing now? You kind of have your hand in a lot of different things, right? So you got information products. What are those revolving around? So that really goes, there's kind of a progression. Um, I had the magazine business. I ended up exiting that sold to the partners. That It really never got, was real successful. And we can tell that story someday. But um, but I learned a lot along the way. And, and they ended up buying me out. And they had a bunch of church camps and stuff that were their customers. I didn't know how to sell back then. And so I never really got the business off the ground. They bought all the inventory, gave me a check to go away, and and so that was my first exit. Um, but I built a digital advertising, like uh, graphics, graphic advertising type business, and ended up back in sort of the publishing world. I started a travel magazine called Escape, 
It was like a regional travel publication. I bought a weekly classified newspaper. Um, I built an advertising agency. And in 1995, when I was 25, I went through my first big flop and um, went bankrupt, lost everything. My wife and I lost our home, our cars, everything, and had to start over. And so um, in 96, I started with my wife, we started a magazine for the 50 plus market. And over the next three and a half, four years, we built that into a chain of magazines around three states um, for the 50 plus market. I sold that company and then I went on the speaking circuit. I'd gotten involved in public speaking as a Toastmaster and then I used to go speak at like clubs and organizations promoting my magazine. And I, would, I, gave a, I gave a speech called Gray Hair Everywhere, How to Profit from the 50 Plus Market. And I learned that by speaking people and educating people that they would, if you did it right, they'd want to buy your stuff. And so I would sell advertising as a result of those presentations. And so then when I sold the magazines, Tanya and I, she was sitting around, she's like, well, you're too young to retire, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I always wanted to write books and speak. And she said, well, I think you ought to do that. And that kind of started another journey for me. Uh, my first six months in the speaking business, I sold exactly $2,400 worth of speeches um, and was very frustrated, was about to go do something else. And I met a man who was 30 years my senior that became a mentor to me in the speaking business, taught me how to get booked in the speaking business and also how to build a training company. And so I created a private label training business called People Builders. And I used to, um, we had 24 uh, video training products for employees to do like a one hour lunch and learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, it, people called it, lovingly called it JP Sermon of the Month. So it was like a 22 minute video and had handouts and motivational posters and everything that went with them. And it was just basic topics like team building, communication skills, goal setting, time management, you know, things that people are not taught in college. You know, in college you're taught how to do your job, you're not taught how to be a good human being or how to be a good employee or a high performer. And so it was good personal and professional development. And I went around keynoting at a lot of big conferences, paid keynotes, um, I did a program called Business Builders, Business Busters, Look Who's Wrecking Your Company and What You Can Do to Stop Them. And uh, at the builders, end... Business Busters, is that what you said? Yeah, Business Builders, Business Busters. And I talked about that your people in your company are either business builder or they're a business buster. And I, I sort of did almost like this... Um, Remember Jeff Foxworthy? Did you ever hear him do the, you might be a redneck? And so I kind of did a thing like, if your people are doing this, they're a business builder. If they're doing this, they're a business buster. But anyway, I had this, this juxtaposition against those two things. And, um, and so then at the end of my speech, I would say, look, it's the chosen few who get to come and hear me speak and then go home and try to change the forgotten many. It's the owners and managers of the companies that get to go to the conferences and hang out at the resorts. Then you go home and your employees all say, oh, here he comes, here she comes with the sermon of the month or whatever, you know, the flavor of the week, the latest self-development thing they've learned. And, um, and, and your employees roll their eyes, well, how do you develop those people? Here we have a program called People Builders. It's a monthly. So I sold it. It was a private label training. I sold it on subscription basis. And we would partner with franchise companies, associations, trade groups. And we would put their name on the top. And it would be like the ACCA for Air Conditioned Contractors of America, ACCA People Builders, or the Apartment Association, National Apartment Association People Builders. And so we would, I'd, I'd do the videos. This is back in the days we had VHS tapes, you know. And I'd go in the studio and we'd have trans, uh, three cameras. And we'd have uh, the teleprompters. And I'd the, we'd roll the script. 
and I'd say, hello, I'm J.P. Maroney, and welcome to the ACCA People Builders, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd cut, and we'd do like 10 or 20 versions of that. It was like a PLR. It was like a PLR. It was early PLR, man. And so I private labeled for these all these groups, and then I would go on a circuit and tour all of their conferences and speak and sell the product, and we would give them a piece of the action. And um, But I, um, I got involved in the Internet space in 2004. I went full-time. I built my first website in 95 when we had the 96 when we had the magazines, but really went full-time on the Internet, building digital companies, um, digitally focused companies, and... As, uh, as a result, really got big into lead generation, um, CPA marketing, and things like that, and the information space. My first info product, in fact, was how to be in the speaking business, which was, it, I got drugged, kicking and screaming into that, but I created a program for that. It was a uh, $10,000 coaching program, eight-week coaching program. And that, that then spawned like a series of, um, info products and I did a lot of audio products in the beginning and then when webinars hit in what maybe 06, 07, 08 somewhere in there I jumped headlong into I bought a go to webinar account I mean I had a legacy account that was back in the day it was like $89 for uh, a month or some or a, a year for go to it was cheap it was like crazy and um, and uh, my biggest year 2011 was insanity I did 300 webinars that one year wow. and um, and created a ton of product. And, Were they live? Um, yeah, so I was a big believer that you let the market tell you what they want. And so I would do a webinar. Um, I would have some indication from people like, for example, I was doing a program on, on speaking. I was doing a coaching program about how to be in speaking. People say, well, how do you do a coaching program? I said, hmm, I'm going to do a program on how to do a coaching program. So I taught an eight-week class on called Coaching Cash Cow. And while I was teaching that, I was selling it using webinars. So I'd do an introductory webinar. We all do this today. And people, I mean, this is old news now. But it was big back then, you know. And, you know, I'd get a few hundred people on a webinar and close 10, 15, 20% of them. And, um, and so people were like, hmm, that's pretty cool. How do you do webinars? And I was like, I want to do a program on how to make money with webinars. So I just, product after product, so I had coaching cash cow, webinar cash cow, list building cash cow, fast product formula, list build, uh, book, fast book formula. I had all these pro- programs. Product formula was yours? <laughs> That's me, fast product.